0: Hello and good morning everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Sunrise Room. First and foremost, major apologies for not having put out an episode in two weeks. Well, technically a week, but this is going to be put up late because I'm recording it later than it should have been uploaded by. But, you know, I'm not even going to give an excuse. I just literally forgot and I have been consumed with my life and I actually had a really, really good week getting back into truly taking care of myself um, it kind of needed to happen of me taking a break from the pod I've taken a break from the blog I had reached out to this company that I really wanted to work with and it hasn't really worked out yet and so that just kind of discouraged me a little bit I'm not gonna lie I really wanted to work with this company I thought it would be huge for the brand and the pod and It has not been brought into fruition yet, and I'm a little discouraged, but this last week, I honestly accounted for every single minute of my day just to see how I could maximize my time, my energy, staying in, working out, eating better, drinking more water, reading, doing more homework than I've done in the past year, Um, just kind of getting back into it and really letting myself not have work aside from like my job at school and stuff but just going back to the basics doing my laundry building in like a schedule that accounted for every minute of my day I did that I made it like a little notion I don't know if anyone knows what that is I made a little notion sheet and kind of did like review weeks and just seeing how my body felt after doing cardio for 40 minutes and getting nine hours of sleep and not six and just I really needed to take care of myself this week because I'd just been driving myself into the ground and last week there was a time I was ready to go to a party dressed ready I got there and I was like nope I can't do it I think my social battery just like expired and I went out this weekend for Halloween obviously costumes and such but I just am not really feeling like it's serving me anymore and I really like socializing and stuff but I just don't see it benefiting my mental health right now. I have a lot going on. I everyone's getting sick, school's getting more intense. I just declared for my major and two minors. So that has been something that's just been super grounding of like okay, I actually have a focus now. I have a goal. I've been really unmotivated at school this last year and a half. And just having this like concrete expectation requirements, GPA minimum, you know, I want to do research, I want to do all of these things for it. So just having that has been really nice. Just, you know, going to the library and doing work for hours at a time. And this used to be my focus in high school. It was never socialization. It was always school. And I just didn't have a social life. And so I think this past year, I really did just give myself the opportunity to just not care about school and socialize and I'm burnt out and now I'm back to doing school and I wish I could find a balance. I'm gonna find a balance eventually I'm a sophomore, but I think where I'm at right now is good for my mental health sleeping more, which has been really crucial. Actually taking my medication, doing yoga, calling my family, calling my best friend, calling my sister. I just calling my grandpa. Um I'm probably gonna go home soon, which I'm really excited for. I just, I really needed a reset emotionally and just evaluating who's in my life, how my relationships are going, all of these things. And it just really started with hitting a wall and and just having a hard time with some things, um, managing stress, managing anxiety. I'm finally back in therapy, which is going really well. I really like my therapist. She actually enrolled me in a class at Yale That she thinks i'll really like and i have not looked at it yet which i really need to i keep forgetting but i have that i have some other things going on or just doing better um my biggest thing that i want this episode to be about is just like it's okay to need to take a step back and to reevaluate and just be gentle with yourself um but this episode is just going to be about school and kind of your mental health when it comes to school and middle school and elementary school transitions and high school and college. There's just four different stages of your life. And I've just been realizing that I haven't changed some very crucial things over the past, you know, 15 years of my educational career that I'm starting to now, like outlook and studying and asking for help and resources and just all of these things that have evolved with me now that I didn't really allow myself to change or acknowledge or even realize that they were impacting me. And I'm going to talk about what it's like living away from your parents. It's definitely difficult, but I have some things in place that I've been noticing really do help me and things that I've been changing and adding and subtracting with my mental health and school. So I'm very excited to get into that today. So without further ado, let's do it. I know I talk about being an anxious kid my whole life and it just, it was really something I struggled with, especially socialization and just kind of the things that everyone else could do really easily. I had a really hard time with like eating with people at lunch, going to recess, going to the bathroom, just like I didn't ever like being alone, but I also hated being in group settings because I felt like no one really liked me. And so this, honestly, it started in kindergarten, and it just kind of transpired all throughout my elementary and middle school career of just being a super anxious kid. And I avoided social interactions at all costs. So I, my mom was a teacher at my elementary school, and I was really, really close with one of my teachers. So anytime there was a break or a time for us to go outside or whatever, I was with my mom or this other teacher. And so this kind of created, for me, this mentality of seeking refuge outside of people my age, which is something that I still do. I did it my entire childhood. I always had friends in older grades. I always was friends with the adults, like coaches, older kids. Just I just had a really hard time getting along. Not even getting along. I was afraid of the people my age. And I had really bad anxiety Um and i did really well in school that's what i threw myself into i realized the other day i told this to a few people like homework in school for me was how i coped with my anxiety and depression it was the way i could silence all the voices and feel seen and breathe and so i was a really really good student school came very easily to me i loved it i loved reading since i was in kindergarten i loved doing all of like i guess first grade i don't know when i started reading And I just, I really loved it. I loved writing. I loved math and science and asking tons of questions and going to office hours and getting to know my teachers because I really didn't have anything else. But also these things made me feel good. It was never the grade or the teacher's validation that I sought. It was learning. So learning has always been a coping mechanism for me. Whenever I'm stressed, upset, angry, all these things, I try to find something new learn something new i'll pick up a new book and learn something and educate myself it's a very weird coping mechanism but it's true and i've noticed it and that i that part of myself i honor i try not to you know use it as a way to avoid my feelings but i'm also just like this is a good way for me to relax is learning something or doing work or getting ahead. And that's okay as long as I acknowledge my feelings. But little me just processed her feelings, you know, like 10 years later. And so it accumulated and built up into high school and then it just overflowed and all these things. So repressing my emotions for all of elementary and middle school was really damaging and I was really quiet. Um, and I did play sports. I really liked sports, but I had anxiety about attending everything. My mom and my dad and my sister called me Bubba my entire childhood. It's like a family nickname, whatever. And they would call it like the Bubba stomach before sports and stuff because I was like, I don't feel well, all this stuff. And this was before I was diagnosed. And we realized later that I had anxiety like every single time I went and competed, whether it was soccer, track, basketball, volleyball, any of the sports I competed in, I did not want to do. I did not want to do it. I had resistance, anxiety, I was stressed. And looking back now, I probably should have just realized that sports weren't for me. I mean, yes, I was good at them. I excelled. It was a way for exercise, but that was just not in alignment with who I am at all. I could have definitely gotten the skills I acquired from sports in different ways, like student council, leadership, other things. And I could have learned to work on it with a team in other ways, but this was just not for me. And I kind of struggled with sports for years. And once I started, I think it was once I hit high school and transferred high schools, it kind of got better of me being able to like not have anxiety with sports and stuff and kind of zone in and hone in and silence the anxiety and just focus on the tasks at hand. But for years, I struggled with chronic anxiety and stress. And I would just shake during games. I remember there was one time, Um, I think it was 13 or 14, there was a game that was really important. And I absolutely despised my coach this year. Abso- I was 15, I remember. I was 15 and I just despised him. And he made me feel so bad because it was shaking and jumpy. And I could not pass the ball for my life. I couldn't pass the ball. I couldn't hit a ball in. It was a freak accident. And I just remember my mom and I looking at each other like, what in the hell is going on? And I was just like, I can't calm down. I am having a panic attack. I have no idea what's going on. He also made my mental health so much worse. And it's just, you're a fragile person when you're like this. And that's okay. I'm not saying that in a negative way whatsoever. I am still fragile, but I learned how to protect myself. And School on top of three sports was a lot, and I just didn't have a social life, and I also didn't really care. I gravitated towards the people that played sports, especially the older kids, like the grade above me I was super close with, and it's like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And that was really nice. I enjoyed that. Uh, God bless my mother for teaching them, so I kind of had like that in with them and such. And it was just really hard. I looking back I wish I could have just hugged her and been like dude breathe you're gonna be fine it's okay you know and when I hit eighth grade this was actually a really interesting turning point for me it was because I met someone and my it was like the first time I'd ever met a boy really and I just stopped doing my homework I stayed up until four in the morning every night I used to go to bed at 9 30 from like kindergarten through seven not kindergarten for like seventh and eighth grade. You know, I was always in bed early. And then I met this person and I was going to bed at 4 a.m. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't doing well in sports. I was entirely dumbstruck by this person. And I stopped doing my work. I was tired and depressed and anxious. And it just fucked with my routine. It was toxic and damaging and it just totally knocked me off my game and i think i'd just been so sheltered from that kind of experience that i didn't know how to handle it and everyone around me was just like oh it's just boy problems but i'm like i'm sleeping for 3 hours 7 days a week i'm not eating i'm not doing my homework i'm losing my role in class i went from having like all a's to c's and b's or I think b's and my teachers were just like what the hell is happening and i was like I don't know. I think I'm in love maybe, but it's really unhealthy and I'm miserable and crying every day and I can't focus and I'm sick and all these things. And it didn't really go away until halfway through freshman year. I was just a shell of a person. I was so depressed and so anxious and so unhappy. And then I just was thrown into the, you know this popular crowd of people and it was constant talking and going out and socializing and sleepovers on school nights and i just snapped and stopped seeing anyone i started eating lunch with my math teacher i know i've talked about this and i started going and spending my free time alone in this chapel on this campus i was not religious i was religiously taught you know growing up and stuff and that also brought me immense anxiety of just going to mass and stuff That was the first panic attack I'd ever had was at mass at this school. And then I started going to this chapel that no one really used. And I would just sit in there by myself for like an hour every day. And I don't know what I did in there, but it helped me to realize that that was not where I was meant to be. And I'm very grateful that I sat in there and got my alone time. That was kind of the first time I ever taught myself how to be alone in a healthy-ish way. Because I used to do it as like a punishment. No one wants to see you. No one wants to be around you. You need to be alone. Isolate. All these things. And then it became, I need a breather. And this is where I'm going to go. I can read in here. I can do whatever. I just need space. I need time. And it, it helps. Um, I wonder if the private school versus public school dynamic would have been different For better or for worse, for my mental health, there was a point in elementary school where my parents were ready to pull me from the Catholic institution I was at K through eight. And I'd toured some public schools and stuff, and I never really committed. Obviously, I didn't go there, but I just wonder if it had been different for me because the environments I was in were so small. So small. I think my elementary school was like 300 people K through eight, and I had 30 people in my class, 35. And then high school was probably like 2,000 people and you kind of run out of room really quick if you fuck with people or if you don't do what people want you to do or if you're not what people expect you to be you don't have a lot of room to roam and that contributed to my anxiety immensely and when i transferred schools the same thing happened my junior year and i just it was really hard it was fucking difficult but I still kind of maintained my relationship with education. It was kind of a comfort for me. Um, I did like volleyball a lot more at the second school. I really liked the girls on my team. And I had a boyfriend and I had good friends. And that sophomore year of high school is like the best thing ever. I, there's, I've there's i never had a better year of education. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever really taken honors classes because going in from eighth grade to freshman year, I failed all of my entrance exams. I did horribly my first year of high school or my first semester. I had like a 3.5. And I know that that's not terrible, but I finished that year with like a 4.2. That's where I should have been. And this next year, I always notice that I do really poorly my first semester of each school year. I don't know why. I guess it's just an adjustment period. But I really started gravitating towards math and my female math teachers, and I started taing and just getting involved in different ways. I kind of just wanted to rewrite my identity outside of sports, but I didn't have the ability to. And so I tried little things here and there. I'd do like young Democrats, a little club, or just meeting with different people or like asking different people to go to lunch, just kind of those things. and, I really liked my counselor. I liked these other girls at school. This is where I met my best friend, but we weren't really close until the next year of school, which was really unfortunate because, of course, we're like not going to school together. And school was still my coping mechanism for my anxiety and depression. I was off and on in therapy, and it did help, but I kind of bounced through therapists like boyfriends. It's like a seven-month period, and then, then they're like... I'm quitting my practice and I'm going to convert to something else. And I'm like, Lord, okay. So I have to find a new therapist and it's just this arduous process of starting over and stopping and starting over and stopping. And so sometimes I'm like discouraged as hell. And I'm like, I am not looking for another therapist right now. I'm fine. And then I run into a wall and I'm like, damn, I need a new therapist. And and I'm at sophomore year of high school and Things are a lot better, the anxiety. This is the first time I medicated, which was huge. Changed everything. Changed my focus, changed my socialization. I still was pretty antisocial. I didn't like going out at all. And then COVID hit, and that's when I really started taking care of my mental health. But I lost my ability to be a good student. In the pandemic, let's be real. No one could do anything. You could not focus. You could not. You're in Zoom. You're in your bed on Zoom. I did not pay attention to any of that stuff that I learned junior year or senior year. I'm relearning it all right now and I'm like, this is literally my AP psych class or AP Spanish, whatever. And I just, all of those years of this being something that really helped me and that I was good at, I lost. And I get to college freshman year and I'm hit with the assault immediately. I stopped playing volleyball because of the assault. and I have panic attacks in class and I can't focus on top of my inability to pay attention anyways. School became something that I did not give a fuck about. I did not want to go. And that's the really hard thing about college that my mom warned me about is she was just like, get ready because no one's going to make you go to class. And that is so true. I skipped so many of my classes I still kind of do so many of my classes last year I just didn't think my attendance mattered I still passed everything but I am being haunted by a terrible GPA and with the mental health thing I wish I'd had more things in place to take care of myself I didn't really care about my mental health last year and once I started the pod in January, that became my weekly check-in. It became a journal for me of just like talking about what I needed, helping other people. But it was really for me a way to just check in and make sure I was still afloat and going to class and all of these things. It would be like on my schedule. And the weeks that I miss it, I'm either doing really poorly or really well and I forget. And it's kind of like therapy for me. It's a little check-in. It's all of these things. And I know that it's helping other people because people have reached out, but it didn't start as a way for me to, you know, do this big thing. It was just a way for me to take care of myself once a week because it's really therapeutic for me. And freshman year was really hard. And you're away from your parents and you are with this entirely new group of people. And for me going to this college, there's only like 2000 kids. I didn't know anyone I'd met some people online who I'm still really close friends with, but this is a completely different world for me. And it was hard leaving volleyball. It was hard not seeing my parents and my sister. And I just was not academically there. I couldn't focus. I still have panic attacks in some of my classes. I am just back in therapy. I'm trying to craft a routine that works for me. And it's hard. It's really hard too when you're sick away from your parents. I have the biggest bin in my closet of every drug you can imagine: DayQuil, NyQuil, GasX, Pepsid, Airborne, Tums, all of the things that I could potentially need. Zycam. Like literally every drug and medicine you could possibly have. I have because I know that I'm going to get sick and I know that I'm not going to want to go to CVS when I do get sick. So I have everything I need here, tampons, pads, everything. I make sure I'm taken care of because that's what my mom used to do for me. So I have we had like a cabinet in my bathroom of just all of this crap in case of whatever, we always had a medicine cabinet and all these things. And that was something I had to do for myself here. It's really emotional when you think about it that, like, the things that your parents did for you, you have to do now. It's hard. It's emotional. It, I don't know if anyone else gets emotional when they do their own laundry sometimes. I've been doing my own laundry since I was in first grade, but like buying medicines for myself and making myself drinks when I'm sick, like liquid IVs or emergencies or soup and all that stuff. I'm like, this is, this sucks. This is what my mom used to do. Like, I want to go home. And some weekends you can't. Some people live, you know, thousands of miles from their family and they have to rely on the people around them or themselves to take care of them. Like our school nurse is a joke. Don't go there. But this is the time where community becomes a pivotal part of your life, which is also why I'm not mad at myself for what I did last year because I have people in my life who are keeping me afloat. I just think that it's it's really a make or break situation when you have the people in your life around you that can make you feel like you're at home. And that has been very helpful. I have a really hard time depending on other people. Um, this weekend I was violently ill from substances And someone took care of me in a way that I didn't even know was possible. It was genuinely the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. However, it made me so uncomfortable that I needed to rely on someone like that, that I was in that, like, such a state. But it also makes me realize, like, how taken care of I am and how grateful I am and should be for the people in my life that do that because I would, without a doubt, do the same for them. And that's kind of the whole, like, family dynamic, which you have to replace once you move out. And With school and everything, it's just it's hard finding those people your first year and really locking them in. I'm really lucky that I locked mine in and have continued to grow my circle and we can hang out on the weekends and weeknights and just chill and do homework or we can go have fun or we can do nothing. And that has made school really easy. It's the versatility of friend groups and friendships where it's like you can do nothing during the week, nothing during the weekend, or switch it around or do all these things. But that to me has made being at school better. And that's just not something I really had in high school. Like there were a lot of big friend groups and stuff, and I wasn't ever a part of that. I didn't really identify with any of those groups. Athletics was kind of my identity, so I fit in there with the jocks, I guess. But this is different because I'm not an athlete. And so these people actually like me for who I am, which is super weird. And I think there's only two other people that I really can say behave that way with me at home. They're just like, we love you because you're fucking weird. And that's our vibe. And here it's like, holy crap, it's not volleyball. It's not any of the things that at home I'm, you know, considered or any of that stuff. It's just they just love me. And there's just a lot to be said about that contributing to whether or not you're doing well. And with education, now I have started to realize that my study habits are outdated. My study habits are outdated. How I take notes is outdated. It's just I've been doing the same thing my whole life and it's not working anymore. So I've really just started to kind of break down what works and it's gonna take a lot of work that I'm kind of not really feeling up for, but at least I'm aware of the fact that things aren't really working anymore. Like, I have a really hard time paying attention in class when I'm on my laptop because I'm doing other things. So, I'm probably going to start taking notes in a notebook because that's how I pay attention. But laptops are more efficient and it's easier and it's accessible, but I get distracted. So, I'm kind of at war with myself of having to switch over to a notebook again. And because I wasn't allowed to have Technology in middle school and elementary school really so I was note-taking my whole life and that worked for me but once technology got in the way I can't focus and Taking notes down just off of what teachers say doesn't really help. I need to have questions down. I need to organize it and format it a certain way. And there's a class that I'm taking, um, Critical Theory and Social Justice 107, and I was hired as the, the I was hired as the disability services note taker, which essentially holds me accountable for one going to class and two organizing notes that are functional for people in my class. So that has been a really cool way for me to learn what works what doesn't what the department wants what the department does not want and what's like statistically beneficial for people who need to study with this material and what it looks like and so you just have to relearn and i think that's my comfort right now is i'm learning how to do this now for me at 19. nine-year-old me and i are very different people we need different things we are studying different material we are Completely different in how our brains work and how we talk and how we interact with the material and the world and people. And I have just been struggling to be who I was my whole life because that doesn't work anymore. Of course, I'm not going to do well in school when I'm trying to do, you know, seven year old me's study habits. It's not going to work. I'm not learning like two plus two anymore. I'm studying like critical race theory. It's just different. And realizing that is the first step but also being gentle with yourself and figuring out how to make school actually support your mental health is huge it's huge having like study breaks and giving yourself the opportunity to have enough time and not procrastinating and having a good relationship with your professors and being able to email them like, hey, this is going on. I'm not doing well, but I can get this into you a day later. And my professors are pretty cool and pretty honest. And I think that's the benefit of a small school is there are a plethora of intimate relationships I have formed with the academic institution on campus that way. And um, that's been really helpful. They're really cool. And I think that that's definitely been helping with my mental health and having access to a lot of resources and working in the writing center on campus has also en- enlightened me on some things that really need changing and that everybody's brain is different and your brain is going to change and the things you study and the way you study are going to change with you, especially as your interests change. like. I am in a biology class right now, and I used to love science four years ago. I loved science, and now I'm like, I could not care less. I do, however, appreciate the environmental aspect of the biology class that I'm in. We're talking about coral reefs, and so that applies to one of my minors, which is why I'm interested, but the biology aspect, I don't care. And I've been trying to just like, I did. I used to do a really good job of making everything fun for myself and just finding little ways that I could enjoy something. And this is the first class I've taken where I'm like, I do not give a flying fuck about chemistry, about biology. I hate it. I don't want to do it. And so I've had to figure out a different way to study and a different way to keep myself motivated and engaged. And it's in watching videos. I never used to watch videos as a kid because I just couldn't, I just didn't like it and I didn't care. But now I like the videos and audio and visual studying tips and such really help with biology and so i've had to change how i study for each class i'm a film major and you don't really study for film unless you're in critical media which is what i'm in so that studying versus biology is different and i used to be able to you know in high school middle school study the same way for each subject i had that doesn't work anymore And i just struggled in my classes last year because i just thought you know writing down everything the teacher said and reading it was a way to study and it's not and that's okay i just needed to figure out that my methods are outdated that i need to go in and ask for help that i need to go to office hours and i became really close with my tutor last year for geology and that was amazing it completely changed the course for me and she and i worked really well together and i just didn't really understand my professor. They were too educated for the course. Like she was a part of one of the first female groups to ever hike like Mount Everest or something crazy. I'm like, you are way too overqualified for this. And you think in like 4D, but the tutor and I totally got each other. She totally helped. I went every week and it was great, but I needed to just understand that I'm different now. It's okay. I need to figure out different ways to study and take care of myself and do well in school. And Freshman year me to me now is very different. I'm much more settled. I'm much more engaged. And it's just going a lot better already. I just needed to take last week to do it. Realizing that not going out isn't really, and realizing that going out isn't really helpful to my academic success and especially with midterms being heavy right now i just don't have the time and it's not really interesting to me anymore as of right now and i just really want to go to bed early and read and that's okay it's going to fluctuate i'm not like i'm never drinking again and i don't want to ever go out again it's like no i might take a little break and then there's thanksgiving and then i'm going to hawaii for christmas and so i'm just kind of like preparing for that hibernation relaxation stage of my life but i'm also planning for summer and research and apartment hunting and just all of these things, but I really needed to slow down and be graceful with the fact that my academic career is changing and that I can still be a good student. I just have to do it a different way. I need to change my habits so I can be successful, and that's okay. I hope everyone is doing well in their academic careers right now, It is important. For a really long time, I was just like, I don't care. This is stupid. I don't want to go to class. I don't need good grades. What does it matter? And it does. Not for any sort of success rate, but just for you as a person. Being educated and well-rounded and able to think for yourself and problem-solve is huge. It's going to make life really enjoyable and efficient. And I think that that's important. I think it's important to be educated and allow your brain to expand and your view of the world to expand and your empathetic tendencies to expand. It's important, but it's also important to pay attention to your mental health when it comes to school. So if you have any questions about this or need any advice, feel free to reach out always at the sunrise room underscore on Instagram or text me if you know me personally. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Take the time to rate it, subscribe, follow the Instagram and the Twitter, and I will see you guys next week, Sunday at 11. Have a beautiful rest of your day, and thank you again for listening. During hard times, it can get really difficult if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to. Being alone with your thoughts can be an isolating feeling that can allow negativity to really consume you. For so much of my life, I felt like my mental health was a burden, but when I started going to therapy, everything changed. And that's why The Sunrise Room is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist's network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. Join the 3 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Go to BetterHelp.com Sunrise Room for 10% off your first month of therapy. That's BetterHelp.com Sunrise Room for 10% off your first month of therapy. For those of you who are just as interested as I am in astrology and tarot readings, I am very proud to announce today's sponsor of this episode is Keen, an online tarot and astrology service. Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers, and all you have to do is create an account and you'll be able to choose from the hundreds of readers who are online right now these readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. And you can choose whichever reader suits you best, and you'll be able to connect via phone or text. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. So go to trykeen.com Sunrise Room or click the link in my description to save big on your first reading.